Pete saw this story yesterday, and then my son sent it to me again this morning, and it's by Charlotte Cowles, the Cuts financial advice columnist. On a Tuesday evening this past October, this is from a financial advice columnist. On a Tuesday evening this past October, I put $50,000 in a cash shoebox, taped it shut as instructed, and carried it to the sidewalk in front of my apartment. My phone clasped to my ear. Don't let anyone hurt me, I told the man on the line, feeling pathetic. You won't be hurt, he answered. Just keep doing exactly what I say. Three minutes later, a white Mercedes SUV pulled up to the curb. The black window will open, said the man on the phone. Do not look at the driver or talk to him. Put the box through the window. Say thank you. Go back inside. And she did. $50,000. She says, it's hard to quantify exactly how I did it or qualify how I did it. She says, and while this is harder to quantify, how do I even put it? I'm not someone who loses my head. She writes, I vote, I floss, I cook, I exercise. I'm not a person who panics under pressure. That morning, it was October 31st. And this all, by the way, happened in a day. This all happened in a day. It was October 31st. I dressed my toddler in a pizza costume for Halloween. I kissed him goodbye before school. I wrote some work emails. At about 12.30 in the afternoon, my phone buzzed. The caller ID said it was Amazon. I answered. A polite woman with a vague accent told me she was calling from Amazon customer service to check some unusual activity on my account. The call was being recorded for quality assurance. Had I recently spent $8,000 on MacBooks and iPads? I had not. The woman named Krista and I concurred that I was the victim of identity theft. I'm scanning through some of the paragraphs now. She provided me with the case ID number. She said, check my credit cards. I did. Everything looked normal. I thanked her for her help. She then said they've been having a lot of problems like this. They're working with the Federal Trade Commission. Would I mind talking to an FTC representative about this? And she said, yes, they transferred me to an FTC investigator named Calvin Mitchell. He said he was an investigator. He gave me his badge number. He had me write down his direct phone line in case I needed to contact him again. He told me our call was being recorded. He asked me to verify the spelling of my name. And then he read me. The last four digits of my social security number, my home address, my date of birth, to confirm they were correct. The fact that he had my social security number through me. I was getting nervous. I'm glad we're speaking, said Calvin. Your personal information is linked to a case we've been working on for quite a while now. It's quite serious. And then the story goes on. And over the course of that day, through a series of calls and connections where phones were forwarded, where messages popped up. She was persuaded that her life was in jeopardy, that she was part of a criminal investigation. Her identity had been stolen. She wasn't safe. And what she needed to do was take that $50,000, put it in a box, give it to the undercover CIA agent who was going to pull up in front of her house, they would take the money, safeguard it for her, and issue her a government check with the new Social Security number tomorrow. But otherwise, all of her accounts are going to be frozen. She'd have no way to live. I don't know what you think of that. 
But late in the story, she says that when she tells people about it, in fact, she even wrote to another woman who writes a financial advice column. Just pick up this. When I did tell friends what happened, it seemed like everyone had a horror story. One friend's dad, a criminal defense attorney, had been scammed. One friend's dad, a criminal defense attorney, had been scammed out of $1.2 million. Another person I know, a real estate developer, was duped into wiring $450,000 to someone posing as one of his contractors. Someone else knew a Wall Street executive who had been conned into draining her 401k by some guy she met at a bar. I discovered that Katie Gaddy Tassin, a personal finance expert who writes a popular Money with Katie newsletter, lost $8,000 five years ago to a grandmotherly-sounding woman pretending to call from her credit union. There are people who are out there to rob you every day, and they don't have guns. They've got something better. They have your personal information. Isn't it amazing? I mean, this happened between noon on Halloween Day and that evening on Halloween night. She went from getting a call on her phone or a text on her phone, I think it was a call, what did I say, a call, to actually handing the money over in the course of eight or nine hours. She goes to bed that night. She wakes up the next morning. You know how you wake up in the morning and everything seems fresh, and then you go, oh, yeah? And then it hit her, and her face got hot, and she felt nauseous. And, of course, the government agent never returned the next day with that $50,000 government check for her to use. And she told her husband... And he said, why didn't you tell me? He said, I would have stopped you. Her brother is a lawyer and said, we would have stopped you. But she believed the agents when they said, if you tell these people, then you'll put them in danger. Your calls are being listened to. Uh, There was one other point at the end of that story. Uh, But the money is gone. She had saved it for emergencies so she continues to earn a living. And, it, <laughs> and almost surprisingly, she confesses her story to the rest of us because I guess you and I can judge her as a fool, and we'd never do that, but it does seem like smart people sometimes do. And every now and then, you and I get a message from our bank or our credit card company or whatever, and they are trying to help you. Sometimes there are scams, and they want to alert you to the scams. The hard part now is knowing Who's the scammer and who's the scam about the scam? Uh, That story, I think, Pete, was that told in The New Yorker or was that just in that one website that I was reading from? It's in an online publication called The Cut. Uh, The day I put $50,000 in a shoebox and handed it to a stranger. I don't know if you have a story like that. I'll bet it's not $50,000. I hope it's not, but maybe it's something along those lines. My number is 312-981-7200. Incidentally, the point, in talking to her husband about it and in thinking back about it, the thing that got her, that because on more than one instance, she confronted the people, the CIA agent, the FTC investigator, the person at the bank or Amazon, but that they had the last four digits of her social security number made her think, oh, wow, maybe this is real. How did they get my Social Security number? I think about how often you and I are asked that over the phone or have to write it down on something, and it's amazing. More people don't have your SS number, but they did. 
She did, and that's the end of that story. Isn't that something? A woman confessed that she, in one day's time, was so thoroughly conned on Halloween Day that she put $50,000 in a box and gave it to a scam artist who pulled up in front of her house. She thought it was a CIA undercover agent trying to help her. It was not. Incidentally, when she went to the bank, think about that. She gets the, the scam starts at noon. Before 5 o'clock, she's convinced that she has to withdraw $50,000 in cash and give it to them. She's got to get $50,000 in cash. She goes to the bank with her phone in her pocket, still connected to the guy that's scamming her on speakerphone so he can hear what's happening and give her additional instructions. And she tells the teller, I want a large withdrawal, $50,000. The teller raises her eyes and then goes and gets a box and hands her $50,000 in hundreds with a piece of paper about beware of scam artists. And she takes the money and goes. I asked you if you had something to say about this. A lot of you are saying, well, that's what happens to stupid people. She's not a stupid person. Uh, I feel really bad for her. I, 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 and I will feel bad for you if it happens to you, too. Um, where do we go? John, is that John on uh, Nathan? Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan, you're on WGN. What did you want to say? Hey, King John. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I've listened to you for years. I've never actually talked to you face-to-face. So uh, thank you so much for the years of uh, great fun that you've always provided. I've got a you – know, my, my, uh, this is about my wife's grandmother. She uh, sadly has passed, but I think in life you've got to make lighthearted. Uh, I do feel very bad for the elderly who do, do get conned into this. And yeah. a few years ago – um, she uh, unfortunately got a call from supposedly my wife. She was in jail in Canada, and she needed $3,000 to get bail money. And so she sent it. And then at Christmas, she uh, was upset with us, and this was a few months later. Oh, and no. so we uh, were wondering what was wrong. And she said, well, you never did thank me for bailing you out of jail. And we said, well, we, we, we don't know what you're talking about. So she told us the whole story. And then my wife said, I'm so sad that you think that I would be somebody – who would be in jail in Canada and I would need bail money. But sadly, what they did is they just talked to her and said, this is uh, your granddaughter. And then she said, oh, you know, my my wife's name. And that was kind of how they roped her into the whole scheme. But um, it's easier, I think, for the elder than, than most people think. Yeah, boy. And in this case, uh, you know, a middle-aged or younger woman, she has young children who's educated and smart and and should know better. Um, You know what they say now, Jonathan, is you should have like a code word. So if I'm in jail or if I need money, the code word is, you know, some odd word. Of course, now grandma's got to remember what the code word is, and I'm not sure I'd remember it. But, (laughs) you know, you need to say, okay, what's my grandson's middle name or something, you know, that the scammer might not know. But... uh, that's tough. That's tough. Wow. All right. Hey, Jonathan, nice of you to call. Thanks for the kind words and thanks for listening. I think we got a good show because we got people like him. It's a remarkable and sad story. And some of you have sympathy for her. And some of you are writing things like, I've got no sympathy for that woman. She's an idiot. 219 said, oh, my God, John, I read this yesterday. I could not believe what I was reading. I don't feel bad for her at all. 630, I don't understand. Why would this lady not call the police or call someone instead? Why wouldn't anybody take 
$20,000 and put it in someone's car makes no sense. And it was $50,000, and it does make no sense. And uh, she's not an idiot. I, I don't, and, you know, I don't know what that trade is then that makes you vulnerable to that. Is it age? Is it maybe not? Is it um, intelligence? Is it profession? Uh, it seems like all kinds of people fall prey to this, elderly people particularly. But they're not immune, uh, or the rest of us aren't. Um, anyway, more texts about that and your similar stories as we move along. Some of you have read this story as well. I'm hearing back from folks whose hearts were broken. But on Halloween Day, she gets a message from Amazon saying that it looks like her account has been hacked and there's suspicious activity. Did she buy $8,000 worth of iPads? She says no. And what's different about this one, or maybe more common these days, is how many layers they had built into this tree of deception. So where she says, uh, no, they said, she says, I checked my credit card. There's no fraudulent activity. They said, well, the FTC is looking into it because here at Amazon, we've had a lot of people scamming. Um, so would you mind cooperating with a with an agent? They transfer this woman then to another voice, another person. And that person representing the FTC. And nobody's asking for money or her account numbers yet. Eventually, they have her talking to the CIA. And they convince her that her life is in danger because her information has been stolen and drugs have been purchased in her name. And there's a criminal investigation. And her accounts are going to be shut down. And so while her assets will be frozen for maybe even a couple of years, she'd better get some cash to live on. But if she just takes the $50,000 that maybe she would need to survive for a couple of years, um, it's not good to have that as cash. Better that she gives the cash to the government agents, and then they'll issue her a treasury check with a new Social Security number so she can be clear, and then they'll clear all of this up. And I like the way she described herself. She said, you know, how to put this? I'm no fool. I floss. I vote. I have a job. I've got children, and I take care of them. I exercise. But she fell prey somehow. And in reading that, a lot of you go, you know, fools and their money are soon parted. But some of you have a little more sympathy for her. My cousin, a retired teacher, lost $30,000 to an Amazon scam. My husband and I lost $2,500 to a Ticketmaster scam last year. This one says, this story makes me feel so much less stupid as we had this happen to us a year ago. It was just a different federal agency. It was the inspector general for the Social Security Agency. They even gave us his name, his LinkedIn site, his profile with his picture. They hacked into our computer after the Amazon hoax. Um... They were trying to protect my husband, they said, who was going to be taken into custody as part of a money laundering scheme if we did not cooperate, uh, that they could get into our 401k and everything and show it to us online uh, was what made us believe everything. Of course, in hindsight, we now know how badly we were scammed. What's even scarier is trying to reach the agency and the official who is a real person to let them know about them being used as part of this. It went absolutely nowhere, even through our local police department. They didn't say how much money this family was robbed of, but it sounds like they had access to their 401k. 
630 says, I'm sorry, maybe this makes me a bad person, but that lady who lost $50,000 is an idiot. Who would really think that the government would come and collect $50,000 from you in cash and issue you a new social security number and that Amazon is working with them? What an effing idiot. 224, I feel sad for this woman. High IQ, zero knowledge of scams and scammers, though. A few of you said something like this. John, it occurred to me that this woman might be making this story up to hide a gambling problem from her family. A couple of you don't think the story smells right, that she's actually telling a story to cover something else, evidently more fantastic. Boy, some of you have good imaginations. (laughs) I mean, I thought it was hard enough for the lady to admit this. You think she's going to throw herself in front of that bus to cover something else? John, something is off about a person that hands $50,000 to someone in a car. I believe the average person would not do that. John, I find the scam heartbreaking, but I also have to give the other side of this. I tried to make a withdrawal of over $10,000 from my bank that I'd been a customer at for 38 years. They didn't have that kind of cash on hand, and this is a large bank. They said, I need to give them a couple of days. A few of you have said that. When you've tried to acquire tens of thousands of dollars out of your accounts, it's not so easy to do. And to be honest with you, in the story at the cut, she doesn't really talk much about how she was able to get Remember, the scam started Halloween afternoon. It's 1230 in the afternoon. She's getting her kid dressed in a pizza outfit to go to school and then trick-or-treating. And by nightfall, she's handed the $50,000 through the tinted window of a Mercedes that pulls up. They say, don't look at the guy. Just hand him the money. Otherwise, you won't be safe. It's a long story, but that's how weirdly, those eight hours transpired. But some of you are saying, how do you get $50,000 in an afternoon? Uh, She didn't say, except that when she went to the bank, she asked for $50,000. They raised their eyebrow at her, and then they went and got a box of money and started handing her hundreds. And they gave her a document saying, be careful because there's scam artists out there. But she didn't think she was being scammed. John, last week I wired $3,000 to a car dealership. The bank asked me several times, have you spoken to this person? Do you know this person? How about this? My brother-in-law was a retired teacher and the head of the history department in an upscale North New Jersey community. He lost $30,000 to scammers who approached him to publish a book. He was so flattered that he wrote all of the notes for the book and they would ghostwrite it and publish it for him. But he had to hand over the money to fund it. They told him that he would get rich on a book because it would be in all of the high schools in the U.S. It was the flattery that caused him to overlook common sense, and he lost $30,000. John, I find the scam heartbreaking, but I also have to give the other side. Well, we read that one, didn't we? I call foul, John Williams. Most banks will not let you take out that much. You have to wait for them to get it. Yeah, that's, uh, I hear you. So maybe she's making this up, although I I don't understand why you would make this up. But the business of getting 50K out of your bank account, she had $80,000 in there, I think. There are 50 in one account and 30 in another. Take Emmy and Brian, Pete. Okay, Emmy, you go first. You're on WGN Radio. What do you want to say? 
Um, I got scammed for 29000 They hacked into my uh, Mac and said, call security. And I had no idea, so I did. And it was the scammers. And they said, you have 18 hackers on your account. Um, you need to uh, get these off. And what bank do you bank at? And I said, fifth, third. And a man got on the phone, probably the idiot sitting next to the first one, and he said, uh, we have to do this. You have, and he's screaming at me, you have to do a duplicate account. We will give you a receipt. You will then deny both receipts, and you'll get your money back. I didn't know protocol. I didn't think to stop. It was on an Apple. You know, they're supposed to be secure. And so I went with it. I was the idiot that withdrew the money. Um, and then um, they said, you have to buy Bitcoin. So I went to a bank. I withdrew 20000 They said, what do you want it for? I said, I'm buying a car, and he wants cash. If they had said what kind of car, I would have been stumped. They didn't. <laughs> they gave me the 20000 and I walked out the door. They were on the phone from 7 in the morning until 7 p.m. with me, in my ear the entire time while I was driving the whole deal. And sounded very official, very concerned for me. And so I went and I bought the Bitcoin. And uh, the next morning they were on the phone again. You still have nine hackers on your account. We need the rest of your money, the 7000 that was still in the bank. How did they know I had the 29000 I think somebody at the bank's playing with them. Anyhow, I called, um, after the second screw, I called the bank uh, to their fraud department, and there was nothing they were interested in doing for me. And I said, who knew that I had that money? Can't that be checked? Oh, no. So it was my fault. I checked into it. I recorded it with the FBI, the local police, which have nothing to do with it. There's nothing they can do. I called Apple. They have no security department. Yeah. Um, so I was screwed. And you don't know until you've been dealt with like that. You're. Not, I am now skeptical of everything. Yeah. You know. When did this, when did this happen? You, you just, when, when did this happen? August. Yeah. August of last year. Yeah. Well, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I hope uh, I hope you're able to make amends. Yeah, well, lesson learned, and I'm telling everybody I can, beware. If anything goes on your computer, turn it off and ignore them. Don't talk to anybody. I didn't even give out account numbers. I took out the money myself, so that's on me. <laughs> but, you know, if they, yeah. if they approach you in any way, phone... Um, I even uh, got a letter from uh, a friend who said, if <clears throat> on a email you get two addresses and the A is different type yeah. in either of the addresses, that's a clue. You know There's what I think so is, many clues out there you don't know about. I know it. And, uh, you know, at least, uh, at least you're considerate enough to others to tell your story. I mean, it's um, bad for you, oh, and yeah. hopefully that'll help us. Thank you. Thank you for the call. I hope so. Sure thing. Bye. John, this story is absurd. Have you vetted her? Uh, well, I haven't personally vetted her, but it's a credible source, and I think the story reads credibly, especially as I hear from other people who are saying things that are somewhat similar. John, scammers are everywhere. 
My friend lost over $80,000 in stock from somebody. They cloned his phone number. They got all of his information from his stocks, and then they transferred everything, and the money is gone. $80,000. Now, that's different than you physically handing the cash to them. That's the really odd twist in this story, but there it is. Brian, you're on WGN Radio. What can we do for you? Thanks for calling. Hey, good morning. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to, my uh, my mom, who uh, passed away uh, seven months ago, but before then she was uh, scammed, but it was prevented by the bank because the, the caregiver was involved in the scam. Oh, yeah. One of the grandchildren, get 27 grandchildren, and one was got arrested for a DUI, which was not true. So she had to go to the bank and get $9,900 withdrawn and uh, wire it to uh, whatever location. But the bank stopped it and called the police, and the, the caregiver was arrested. Oh, good. So the bank had heads up uh, smart enough to say that she usually doesn't withdraw them the kind of money uh, that she had. Good thing it wasn't more, but the caregiver was uh, and is now pending trial. So. Wow. Boy, I'd love to have a follow-up on that. But, uh, you know, you really – there's so many maybe safe checks along the way, like your own common sense or when you go to the bank. You would like to think that if you just walk in without a phone call in advance and say, I want uh, $50,000 in hundreds, please, that they would – kind of pull you aside, look both ways, make sure there's nobody with a gun at your back, you know, just kind of try and counsel you out of it or make sure that you know what you're doing, you know? Well, the caregiver drove her. So that was, that was a, a telltale sign right there. So much care. Wow. Brian, thanks for the story. Feel free to call me back and follow up on this. I appreciate your calling in. All right. Certainly well, John. Have a good day. Joanne, you're on WGN Radio. Thanks for calling. What can we do for you? Hi, John. Um, it does seem strange that someone would hand over a box of money to a stranger in a car. I must be one of those suspicious people, but I wonder if it was really her boyfriend in the car. Ah. And now they've got $50,000 to do what they want with. Now we're getting so. somewhere. This is the Fonnie Willis scam. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like a scam. The lady scammed. I don't know, a scam within a scam, something like that. And then that. she just turns to her husband and says, well, I, I'm a fool. I lost the money. And then she says, by the way, I've got uh -huh. a work trip I've got to go on, and they've got the 50K <laughs> to play with, right? Yeah, 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 right. Okay, that's that's a little more believable to me, actually. So, Joy, right. what, kind, what kind of a person thinks of these things? What kind of... <laughs> Who are terrible. you? Come up with your terrible person. I know. It's awful. I know. Right. I am, but yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, thanks for the call. That's terrible person, Joanne. Uh, Pete, I don't know if we have time for any more of these calls. Where do we go next if we do? How about Dave? Dave, you're on WGN. Thanks for calling in. Hi, Dave. Hi. Just a quick comment. Now that we're living in the day and age of AI, yeah. I can only imagine that fraud and scams are going to get worse, much worse. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's terrifying, isn't it? It could be, it I could think be it a, is. a Zoom call with a person at the FBI headquarters, and for all you know, that's a digital image you're talking to, right? 
I, I, I trust technology less and less every day. I just don't like it. I'm, I'm paranoid of technology now. I think our honeymoon with technology is ending, and we're seeing that we're living in the, the dark, dark side of it. It's just there's so much room for toying around for people who know how to do these things or the people yeah. in power, and I think it really needs to be discussed on a government level. Amen to what that. What can they do? Uh, when I get to well, be king, I'm going to have you on the committee that looks into that. Is that okay? Uh, that's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> Dave I'll, I'll have to make it. sure it's really you appointing me and not an AI person. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the phone call.